Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation. And this is Pastor Keith here with Pastor Steve. Pastor Steve, I really am excited about Proverbs. That is what we've been talking about now for two episodes, and we're just gearing up. That's right. We're just revving up. We're just getting started. That's right. And and I'm really excited. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to shoutsofgraceradio.com, and you can listen to previous episodes of the broadcast, not just our new Live Wise series as we explore God's wisdom through the Proverbs but all of the previous episodes um, that we have available, we are, I think this is like episode 36. We've been doing this for a while and very appreciative of the opportunity and thankful for you who are listening, uh, for praying for us, for listening and sharing. Would you share? Shoutsofgraceradio.com. Would you go to Facebook, look up our page, share the Facebook page. We're trying to post occasional links there to the podcast and to episodes. And uh, we'd love to connect with you online if uh, if you so desire. So com, and you can connect to us from there. Okay, so here's a subject that, as, as we're going through the Proverbs, and just so you know, if you're listening, we're not going to go through Proverbs verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We're going to look at, at bigger themes. We're going to look at specific topics. And uh, for the foreseeable future, it might be 10 more broadcasts, it might be more. Um, but we're going to let God speak to us on how to live wise. Um, in light of of what is contained here in the book of Proverbs. So as we were looking at, hey, what are some things that kind of jump out to us, some things that we even uh, quote a lot? And, and that's why last week we talked about um, trusting in the Lord with all of our heart. That seems to be one of those things people are quoting all the time. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and and, and he will direct your paths. Well, there's more to that, and, and we were able to talk about that. Well, here's another one, and that is um, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16, there are seven things the Lord hates. Um, we talk about seven deadly sins and, you know, seven this and seven sins and seven the seven deadly sins, you know, the seven unforgivable sins. Well, is that, is that really what is being said here? No, we want to talk today about hating the right things. To have God's wisdom and to live wise is to know what things we should despise. Now, we don't always want to be known as, as what we're against, okay? But let's be honest. In order to be for some things, you have to be against some things. So what are the right things to be against? Well, here in Proverbs chapter 6, 16 through 19, uh, we learn about hating the right things. Starting off verse 16, it says, There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. Pastor Steve, that is quite a list. It is. And I'll tell you, Keith, um, Proverbs 9.10, it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And then Proverbs 18, or Proverbs 8.13, it says um, that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think we could safely say 
that that we tap into wisdom when we hate the things that God hates right. and we love the things that God loves, right? right? And so here, um, certainly <clears throat> this isn't an exhaustive list, but I can tell you um, there's the, these are things that most most sins are going to fall into one of these mm. categories, okay? Um, so, for instance, um, six things that the Lord hates, the seventh uh, is, is an abomination. The first one on, on the list is haughty eyes, right, or a proud look. You know, um, I, I think I think you would agree that that most sin, all sin, is going to be some expression of pride. That's right. It, it, it's going to be some expression of this heart of this attitude that says, "God says this, I do this." It's 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 a rebellion that starts from the garden and says, "I know God has said this, but I'm going to choose to enact my will." There's your pride, and I'm going to do what I want to do. Nobody can tell me what to do. That's right. That's right. And so that is a that is something that God hates. Now I, th- I think we need to be clear: God is not saying that He hates the person, right? That is that is that is doing this. He's saying the act or the sin, the stuff that's happening here. This is this is the part that He despises, mm-hmm. right? And so when I when I when I enact my will or I stand up with a haughty look or haughty eyes and I say, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, I really kind of kind of take over where where he's, I believe it's Ezekiel 28 leaves off and where Isaiah 14 leaves off when it talks about Lucifer and it talks about what took place in Isaiah 14 when it talks about the rebellion in heaven, the five mm. I wills. I will be like the most high. I will ascend to this throne. I will, you know, there, there's there's something in the the concept i <laughs> i will you know and 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 god of course looks at that and he shoots it down when we have a haughty look Keith, we really take over right. where 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 that leads off right well and and lucifer illustrates to us an an eye problem <laughs> you know he needs to see an eye doctor you know when when we have pride in our hearts it gives us a view of god and a view of the world and a view of ourselves that is distorted you know, it's it's not true. It's not accurate. We've elevated ourselves to a place that, you know, the ultimate sin for Lucifer was to say, I will be like God. Like, he, right. he, he wasn't saying, I will be above God. He was like, I'm, I want to be like God. I want to be the same. And that was the lie that he communicated to Adam and Eve. If, if you take of the fruit, you'll be like God, knowing good and knowing evil. And, and that is the deception of pride. It says... I know what's best. I can figure this out. Basically what you're saying is I have all the resources and all the knowledge and all the experience to make a perfect decision for my life. Yeah. <laughs> what are you saying? You're saying you're God. You're That's a right. God. And there's only one who's omniscient, right. who, who knows everything. There's only one who's um, omnipresent, can be everywhere at the same time, including future and past. Uh, there's only one who's all-powerful, omnipotent, who, who who can do all things. And when we say, I can do this, I don't need, what I'm saying is I don't need God. I, I, I am I am my own God. I'm a God of my own making. And many people are like, well, I would never say that. I'd never say I was a God. I don't believe that kind of stuff. Well, you may not believe that as far as a personal theology or personal you know worldview, but you practice it. That's right. You practice it when you give way to pride, when you give way to to that that haughty look. 
when I think of a haughty look, too, I think of someone who has got that air of arrogance, right? And they're looking down their nose. And whenever they talk to you, and I'm sure I've done this before myself, but when they talk to me and they talk to me like, but you would never really understand. Yeah. You could, you could never really know. You know, yeah. there's just this, this is arrogance. Like, Which comes know. from a heart. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, and Jesus said that it's out of the heart that yeah. the mouth speaks. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. You know, I've said this before on the, on the broadcast and in, in past episodes, you know, a lot of times people look at, um, look at the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? And they look at their destruction and they think, oh, you know, they were, they were destroyed because of homosexuality and because of it. No, because Ezekiel sixteen forty nine gives us insight when it says, this was the guilt of your sister Sodom. She had pride an abundance of food and careless ease. The first on that, and thus she committed abominable acts. The The pride is what started it. Now, now if you peel that back, Keith, and you dive into that, when when those angels came um, down there, and, and then, of course, Lot, um, you know, harbored them, put them into his house, it says there in that story that, that, that he sought to shut his doors, but the people, the men of the city, pressed upon the door, Right. And that's to, to the point where Lot comes outside and he says, don't do this wicked, wicked thing. He, he 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 defines what they're trying to do as wicked. He goes back in and there's this pressing on the door. They're trying to get in. In other words, you know, Lot wants to go back into his house and mind his own business and they won't let him. They're trying to press their agenda. They're trying to press their will upon a righteous man who Peter says was was a righteous man and force their way in to a place. That is the type of pride we're talking about. We're talking about somebody who won't listen to don't do this wicked thing, but instead takes their will, injects it into a culture or society, relationships, and presses against what is right. It, it is this, it, it, it is, it is what, the, what the book of Romans says in Romans chapter one, when it talks about what can be clearly known about God, right, is, 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 is made to be a lie by them resisting it, by them kind of doing whatever they want to do. That's what we're talking about. A proud look in, in this case is, is certainly what you had said, but in addition to somebody who says, I'm going to press against mm. what's holy and mm. righteous, and I don't care what doors are locked in front of me. Right, and and that's the one of the things that we can tend to forget when we're talking about sin, when we're talking about why God hates it, is because in in what you're describing, those are offensive measures, right? Yes. And so when we say that that my pride is an offense to God, mm. it, it's that my pride literally is coming against God. It's coming wow. uh, in 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 war towards God. And Paul would talk about us being uh, at enmity, right? At, in conflict with God, mm-hmm. are, we, we, are, we are offensive. Pride is offensive to God because we are not just saying, God, I know better than you, but there's actually a projection to, to defeat God, mm-hmm. to defeat his wisdom, to defeat his authority, to, to defeat his, you know, everything. That's a great point. Yeah. I didn't even think about it as yeah. war. Yeah, it it is a war. Pride is a, pride is a war against God. I, I should write that down. Actually, yeah. I just I just made that up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but it's important for us to to see that this is God doesn't hate these things because He's looking for somebody to hate. He He hates these things because they're working against Him. They mm-hmm. work against His nature. They work against His character. They 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 work against His revelation of Himself to us and everything about Him. And and again, coming back to the illustration of of Lucifer, 
you know, he is saying, I will ascend, I will become like, he, he's, he's, he's either saying, you know, scoot over, I want to share with you, or he's actually pushing, he's saying, I want to push God off the throne. And, and that's, this is a serious thing. When we harbor this pride in our hearts, we end up in a place like in First John where it says, he who says he has no sin makes God out to be a liar. You're calling God a liar when you say mm-hmm. that I don't have a sin that needs to be forgiven. I don't have a sin that needs to be, you know, dealt with. You're 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 calling God, uh, you know, a fool. You're calling God a liar, and that is offensive. Mm-hmm. And so pride is an offense against God. And so when the proverb says that God hates haughty eyes, we should be looking at ourselves, doing right. a heart check, and saying, God, help me to hate the pride that is offensive to you. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and Keith Radke. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airwaves with good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation. I tell you what, Pastor Steve, this proverb is loaded. Hmm. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 says, There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. First, haughty eyes, or a proud look, and, and we've been talking about pride. The second thing is a lying tongue. You've never lied, right? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say that. Yeah, I yeah. wish I could too. I, I remember God had to break it in me as, as a youth. My, uh, you know, kids are like this. Kids, you know, we... we try to protect ourselves and we want to, we want to look good and we don't want to get in trouble, you know, and so we lie. And, and I'd gotten to a point, I, I'm trying to remember exactly when, but you know, 10, 11 years old, my, my dishonesty was bad hmm. and my parents were trying to deal with it. And, and between about, about 11 and 13 years old, there was a few showdowns, you know, a few confrontations. And, and I'm really glad that my parents knuckled down and said, we're going to deal with this. And, you know, I, I remember my dad saying something to the effect of, you know, if I, if I can't believe you, if I can't trust you, you really don't have anything. If, if your word is not good, hmm. you know, what do you really have? It doesn't matter how successful you are. It doesn't matter how strong you are, smart you are, athletic you are, all these things. If you're a liar, what do you really have? That's right. Nobody trusts you, you That's know, right. and, and, and if I, if I can't give my word to somebody and keep my word, and if I break my word, if I can't be honest about it and say, Hey, listen, I blew it. I'm sorry. How can I make it right? You know, what I don't, I don't, I wouldn't ever trust somebody yeah. who's lying to me. And so when God's talking about hating a lying tongue, uh, lies are destructive mm. I mean, they can destroy very good things in our life. And, and when Jesus was talking about Satan, he said, he is a liar and mm-hmm. he's the father of it. That's right. He's the father of lies. So when I'm lying, when I'm giving way to a lying tongue, what I'm, what I'm doing is I'm allying myself with the father of lies. That's right. Who again, as opposed to God. That's right. You know, and, and there's a distinction where he talks about a lying tongue. And then um, the sixth thing, he talks about a false witness who brings out, who brings out lies. So, so a lying tongue, um, you know, I, I think it's going back to the concept you had kind of started that that this really is a war. Pride is a war against God. 
So is lying because mm-hmm. because the Bible says that Jesus would say of the Holy Spirit that he leads and guides into all truth. Mm-hmm. So he's the spirit of truth. And, and so what God is about is bringing people and things into truth. That that's 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 his nature. Right. So when we lie with our tongue. Right. What we're doing is we're opposing the work of the Holy Spirit because the work of the Holy Spirit is to bring people into truth. But on this sixth thing, since we're kind of on the same thing, a false witness is a little different. A false witness is somebody who is testifying of something that isn't true and in the process breathing out lies. So what this could mean, Keith, is this could mean somebody who is affected by gossip. They're affected by slander where they take those things as truth never having talked to another person, mm. and then they go out and they bear false witness speaking out the lies against those people. They're basically, and it leads right into ultimately the seventh thing, he that causes discord among right, the brethren, because right. that's a very thing that they're doing. And so when we talk about this package, this wicked package of lying, you have both the source of the lie, you know, the perpetrator, but then you also have the agent that carries out the lie. And here's the thing. All of us have been guilty of that, where mm. we have been impacted by somebody else's lie, and we become a bearer of false witness of that lie, speaking the very things ourselves. And again, I think this this is this is a hatred that God has for this because of the devastation that it causes to both the gospel itself, right? But also, and Jesus knows what it's like to be lied about, right? right. But also to the to the to the hurt that it causes in humanity. And, and, and what it can do to a person's soul is, is it ravages both the ones starting the lie, but also the people that are hearing the lie. It twists and torques people's perception of another person who's made in the image of God, right? And so, and in fact, as we get into Proverbs, the, pro, the Proverbs have a lot to say about the lying tongue. They have a lot to say about the byproduct of the lying tongue and how mm. it destroys lives. And so I think this one is is particularly close to God's heart as is pride, as is all of those, because it's a war against the truth. Yeah, I think it's really good that you connected um, this second one, a lying tongue, with the sixth one, a false witness who breathes out lies, because, you know, we can lie to ourselves and, and we can lie to others about ourselves, but it is a, a particularly heinous offense against people when we lie to others about others. Yes. Because we are a part of 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 contorting the perception that people yeah. have of one another and, and eventually leading, like you said, to this other one where you're sowing discord, you're dividing people against people. And, you know, we're both pastors, and as pastors, we hear a lot of things yeah. because people feel like, they can talk to us about stuff that they may not talk to with other people. And, and that's a heavy trust, but it's also a point of temptation for us and a point where we have to choose to direct conversations that can be divisive. Yes. When somebody comes and says, well, I heard that this church, right. I heard that this pastor believes. And, uh, you know, recently there was, there was something where you and I, we were talking with another person about what another pastor believed. Right. And, 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 and the third party in this just sent us a message where he addressed it. So we had heard or somehow it was thought that we had said or heard or something. And, and, and thankfully that, that message brings things into context where a, there was something that was communicated about that pastor's belief that was true, but their message was an explanation of why they no longer believed that. Yeah. Right. And why they believe something different. And they presented the word of God as the reason why their view had changed. 
you know, that's a great example of how God um, hates where where this 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 false witness breathing out lies, right? Just repeating something you've heard without checking the truth, right? Yeah. Um, where that can cause. Uh, a destruction not only of a relationship potential with another pastor or with yeah. another another person, but also destroys the perception that people have. That's right. And so there's there's a lot of healthy churches where some people will never go because they've heard this yeah. stuff about that church. Yeah. Right? And you you and I would both agree that that we're guilty of this too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because here's the reality: this breeds on the grounds of trust. Meaning, you're my friend. If you yeah. tell me something, I'm going to trust. You, right, that, I'm not going to second guess you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, yeah. He's he's a wise guy. Yeah. He, he loves it's the Lord. Steve, but, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but the reality is, you're a sinner like everyone else, and you could mm. have been deceived by somebody else's lie whom you trusted, and so around goes this this gossip thing. Right. And so gossip, the definition of gossip is unconfirmed information, spreading unconfirmed mm. information. And so the reality is, Keith, is you and I are not always in this place to 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 get all the answers. And so we shouldn't be in this place right. to always render judgment because the end of that is the seventh thing which God hates, and that is it does cause division, it sows discord. And so there, there's there's one other thing, and maybe you can kind of kind of wrap up when it talks about um, hands that shed innocent blood. Yeah. Talk, talk yeah. about that. Well, I think in our day and age where this applies the most is with the issue of abortion. Um, yes, there there are other applications where someone, we, we say they murdered somebody in cold blood, right? Um, they took an innocent life, meaning that this wasn't, uh, you know, this wasn't a death on a battlefield and there's certain understandings about war and rules of war. This, this wasn't capital punishment for somebody who committed a heinous crime. And no, th- this was the taking of an innocent life. And, and, you know, a lot of times we think about heinous, you know, or just, just really bad things like a drunk driver, you know, just so irresponsible and taking somebody. And, and we, we have remorse about that and even anger and, and all that's justified. But here in, in not just the United States, but in our world, like abortion is, is the ultimate offense against innocent life. And, and we don't say this to cause any sort of, you know, shame for those who've had to go through that. But there is something that happens in your conscience where you just know this wasn't right. That shouldn't have happened. And, and God hates that because God is the author of life. That's right. God made life in his image that the, the every human being has value and worth because God made them. That's right. And, and the innocence that, that, that God intends for us to have, desires for us to have, and restores to us through Jesus Christ, um, right. that, that is an offense against him personally when, when we are willing to take a human life. And so, you know, it, we want to have compassion for people who are struggling with, with that particular situation as a person. But I tell you what, I will, I will speak loudly against any yeah. organization, any government, any political movement that would say that it's justified because, to kill a human life. Because on that, Keith, God knows the outcome of the sin that he hates, and he that's knows right. that there's two victims in that. He knows there's the one that's been taken and the one that's been left. That's the right. one that's been left is a victim, too, because now they are subject to their conscience, which the enemy will move in every mm. year, every time there was a birthday, every time he, and he will bring condemnation. So when God hates the hands that shed innocent blood, he, he understands the depths behind that sin yeah. and how far-reaching yeah. it is into the existence of the human soul that's living 
It's a detriment. It is a detriment to the conscience and just to the existence of having peace. Yeah. And if if you have been affected by abortion, we want to say that we love you. God loves you. We're praying for you. If there's any way that we can help you, minister to you, visit ShoutsToGraceRadio.com. We would love to connect with you, talk to you, um, and know that there is grace. And know that that little one whose life was taken is in the presence of the Lord and that there can be a beautiful reunion one day. And so come Mm. to Jesus and come and receive from him the love, the grace, the mercy, and the forgiveness that he offers so freely. Well, that's all the time we have for today's episode. We look forward to being with you again next time. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio. Practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. That's ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. At ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastors Steve and Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church located in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.